The Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Will Jacobs. Welcome to the swamp. (laughs) We got dragonflies and mosquitoes and nits and gnats flying around in here. It's a gnat. There's like a gnat in here. No, I just killed one and another one went right by. All right, well, then there's two. Oh, God. I can't tell them apart. They look very similar. Uh, (laughs) So it's hard to... I thought Don't there was only that. one. They'll, they all look the same. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we got a very special guest that's actually going to stay the whole show with us. Uh, you all, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that this person is a Hall of Famer. That's right. The first member of the Hall of Fame. The I first member yeah. of the Hall of Fame. This is his fourth appearance. I, I want to go fifth. You want to go fifth? Yeah. That feels extreme. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's fifth. Our fifth. He's been here. This is his fifth time. Yeah. At least, on the, at least yeah. on the podcast, give or take five. <laughs> Paul Hooper, comedian Paul Hooper is here. Thank we're, you, fellas. I mean, it's it. And maybe five. There was one time we did like two and a half hours, so that might count as two. Yeah, you know I mean, we did a one long that was one. really long. Yeah, and then do you have problems with guests leaving? Do they just do something and then leave and not stay for the whole show? You said, well, usually, like, well, it used to be we'd only get a guest for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's no fun. You can't get anywhere in 20 minutes. Not yeah. really. Yeah, not really. Well, you you were here with the tell that one time. Oh yeah, which was yeah. I, I want to say your either your third or fourth visit, right? And then the one that we counted as two, I I want to say was visit number two. It was after that, right? I did one of the first ones too, right? Well, like you one were of the on first weeks, yep. And you so were early too, right? yeah, number yeah, two w- or three. So it's at least four, at least four. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks I'm for having with five. me. I'm sticking with five. You sticking with five? Yeah. I'll take five. Yeah. All right. All right. Maybe just one you listen to over and over again, but it's it's four. <laughs> no, it's five. I don't know what it is. All right. So, um, but no, it's, it's it's great to have you here, man. First of all, you look good. Thank you. you. you, you, you too. Have you been you working fellas? out? Have you been? Let me tell you something. You've been doing something, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. Something. I'm trying to get fit or to just stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And people can't stand it. It's because of my Instagram. You know, I started posting oh, like almost You're on the nude. gram now. Yeah, I just post uh, really nude photos almost from the Bahamas last year, and yeah. it upset a lot of people. Oh, your body was just bad? No, my body was just like half naked. I was just going to rub it in their face. The idea was I was down in the Bahamas for two weeks. You do that gig, right? Yeah. And so I go down there, and it's, you know, it was December last year, and then my friends are in New York, and then I just decided to rub it in their face. Oh, and so between that and, you know, I don't know. You're just like in swim trunks for two weeks while everybody's freezing. Yeah. They, get, yeah. they don't like it. <laughs> they don't and like A lot that. of people supported it, like we're behind it. But I didn't realize it caused the commotion. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm trying to get healthy. Uh, yeah. I just feel better. I'm like 44 years old, so I got to start doing something. I just quit smoking. I quit vaping. I quit, doing, I quit drinking years ago. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just like, all right. And it, my anxiety's always been terrible. Yeah, and so it's a cure. It's not a cure for any of that. It's a, like a three-hour fix, and it helps me manage all that stuff each day. So then, it, so you don't smoke, drink, 
None of those things. Nothing anymore. I'm on nicotine lozenges. I have those, and I have coffee, and that's all I have. I was gonna left. say, how do you get high? How <laughs> do you no get high? There's no high for me anymore. There's no high. No, you just live a life without high. Just reality. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's it hurts, but I've accepted it that it's just gonna be that <laughs> for the rest of my <laughs> days on this <laughs> planet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I'm like, for years, because I was such an extreme case, we've talked about it before. That yeah, it was, yeah. It couldn't sustain that kind of life. And I can't do moderation. I don't understand the middle. So this is yeah. the way it has to be. Yeah. I just have to, what I have to do is take away one addiction and just get a new one. And that's what working out was. You take away smoke, and then I got to go off the deep end with something else uh-huh. and just try to replace it with something healthy and just be obsessive about it. Yeah. So that's what I do. It's the only thing that works. I can't quit cold turkey and not replace it. I just... Jump into something. So you can channel that energy into the working out. Working out or my diet and stuff like that. Get way too obsessed with something. It's the really? way I've always been. Yeah. Really So, so where are you at with the diet now? You're like super particular about protein I, content, calories. Are you counting stuff? I'm sort of ignorant. So I don't, you know, I don't know a lot of what I'm doing, but I just know what people have told me over the years. Like, you know the foods that people talk about? Like, you should eat this instead of that. Mm-hmm. And so I just took that basic advice, and every day I just sort of tinker with it. So it's like, you know. Instead of, you know, it's like low-sugar oatmeal, non-fat Greek yogurt, that kind of stuff. Banana, cut the sugars, cut the bread, high protein. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about ketosis. I'm just like, I try to, I'm trying to gain muscle, so I try to get, you know, one, pound of, uh, one gram of protein per uh, pound of body weight. Wow. And stuff like that. And I don't know if I'm hitting my calorie, like, I should probably be eating 3,000 calories a day mm-hmm. with the exercise. I'm probably not doing that. So I just slowly, like, tinker with it as I go, and it gets a little bit better. I could be doing a lot better, you know, if the diet was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I was going to say, so when, how did you stop giving a shit about taste? Taste, because flavor? none of those things sound tasty. You know what? It's I'm really lucky that I have boring taste buds. I didn't realize this. Oh, that's well, such a gift. I, I, I really like. It's <laughs> <laughs> a blessing, man. My goodness, I like really boring, and I can eat the same thing over and over again if I like it. If you give me grilled chicken, brown rice. And spinach salad. I could probably eat that 10 times a week. I'm fine with it. You give me that, I'm never coming over again. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat oh, the same thing. What I mean, was that menu? <laughs> <laughs> that, wow. So you, you, well, you at least have to season it up good, right? Or you don't even no. care about oh. I do. I mean, I, if they marinate it, but if you give me I'm not. I don't know how to do that. So I get grilled chicken breast. I don't know. I get a rotisserie chicken, whatever they marinate it in. I just eat it dry. Eat it like that. I might heat it up. That's it. Brown rice, nothing on it, you know, and then whatever salad dressing. That's probably the most junk that I have on it. It's the salad dressing. Yeah. So when you said you're trying to restrict your diet, how, I mean, what are you missing then? Because it sounds like you're doing everything. I don't know if I'm taking in enough calories for as much exercise as I'm doing. And then, um, so I don't know. Between like the ratio of like the protein, I think I hit. I don't think I get enough carbs, stuff like that. Fat, I have no idea. I just try to avoid fat, sugar, and stuff. Yeah. I know you're supposed to still take yeah. in some. Mm-hmm. So it's well, a But real... if you're eating carbs, though, you can, you know, if you're eating carbs, you can cut back the fat. If you're eating a ton of fat, you got to cut down the carbs. See, I didn't I mean, even know that. Work, this is yeah. news to me. I'll hear someone will tell me something like that, and I'll take that. I'm learning a little bit, but I'm you know, no expert. And then I'm figuring out what my body wants, and so uh, I'm slowly. It's going the right direction. Yeah. And I, I, I like, you know, I just like, I like southern food. I like junk food, but I can cut pizza. I cut sodas. I've never been a fan of bread. People love bread. I'm like, I never, the only reason I eat bread is because they bring it with everything. <laughs> and I don't like wasting food. I feel really guilty. I can't throw food away. It makes me feel terrible. I don't know about starving people. It's, I don't know where it came. It's just like being broke in my life before where you're like, I can't waste anything. And so throwing away toast, I just eat it. Now I'm just like, no bread, please. But I never liked it. I hate bagels. Yeah. 
so people are like bread. I can't get off bread. I'm like, it's boring to me. Always, meat is the centerpiece of every sandwich to me. Yeah, I want a For ton sure. of meat in everything. For sure. Yeah, and so that it sort of works because there's a ton of protein and you can eat a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Oh, any kind of meat. So I'm really boring in that way. If you if someone had like meal prep and just put it in front of me every day, I would eat it. I would have no problem and I wouldn't cheat. It wouldn't be because I don't really. You don't care. Except for chocolate milk. I drink chocolate milk. I was going to ask you if you had any kind of <laughs> guilty thing where you just, or, or one that's hard to kick. It used to be Reese's peanut butter cups for oh, years. After like shows, that. I would just get Reese's peanut butter cups. You can find them anywhere in the world. And I would eat them. It was my nightcap. And then I'm like, that's ah, too much sugar. So I switched to this low sugar chocolate milk, which has still got too much sugar. And uh, it's still my sort of, that's the thing I do. That's the sweet thing I do late at night. Yeah. So what about it. what about the holidays? Like, do you see folks that do they make the holiday meals? Do you eat any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'll go nuts at the holidays. I like, uh, what do I do? Like Thanksgiving? That's turkey and stuff. But it's still pretty boring. I don't know what's in stuffing. This will be the first year where I'll have to think about it a little bit. Mm. I can't talk about them strict. I mean, I was in Myrtle Beach last week and went down on the boardwalk and ate a fucking foot-long corn dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know but what I mean? And I felt like I was about to die. <laughs> I felt like I got a sharp pain in my neck and my left leg. I was numb. Damn. It was awful. I was lethargic. Because I used to eat them. Yeah. I missed it. I'm like, I love that kind of fair carnival food. Yeah. Some oh, sort yeah. Of a, yeah, that southern food. I eat foot-long hot dogs and, we, oh, Spam. I still like the taste of Spam and mm-hmm. awful stuff like that. Damn. Uh, but, you know, liver mush, that mm-hmm. North Carolina breakfast, I like, we, I like that kind it's of crap. Yeah. So, but You was the, into every part of the meat. Every like. meat. <laughs> Piles of meat. No <laughs> vegan for me ever, man. <laughs> I mean, ever. Yeah, you were serious. And then you just were able to... Yeah, a little, a little bit at a time. You know what I mean? <laughs> this started like... A year and a half, two years ago. What happened was I got a, gr- a girlfriend like three or four years ago. She wanted to work out, so I started going to the gym with her. But I just mm-hmm. like messed around until she was done in there, <laughs> play around in the gym. And then, then when we broke up, I was like, ah, it wasn't even the heartbreak of it. I was just like, ah, I sort of like going to the gym. So I got my own membership, started going. But I would go, you know, three days one week and not go for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I was home a lot in New York, and it was uh, I was like, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to run three days a week. I'm going to go to the gym, lift weights three days a week. And it started this whole thing. I feel a lot better. And it got great. me off cigarettes and all this other shit. So it's like. Oh, yeah, because you, you start to feel like that's affecting the workouts. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, and, and it's just, if I'm going to quit, I need this other thing yeah. mm-hmm. that consumes me. And then I can do it. Something I like more. And the way they talk about those Jewel e-cig things, man, this is really great you got off of that. Yeah. I quit right before the scandal, too. I quit. So I quit smoking cigarettes. July 2018 and switched to Jewel. Mm-hmm. And I will say the Jewel got me off cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I never went back, never relapsed, haven't had a cigarette since I put the last one out. Mm-hmm. Smoked the Jewel to July of this year mm-hmm. and then switched to lozenges. Mm. And that's been it. Okay. So it worked. I did it for a year. Yeah. I can't tell. I don't know if I have any health problem. I don't think so. I didn't do it long enough. That's good, man. I mean, yeah. I, I, I got off of those because I used to, I used to like get them every once in a while. And, uh, then once I heard Trump say that they were dangerous for you, I almost went back because yeah, because he's got to be wrong. I do whatever the opposite, the opposite yeah, of whatever that cat yeah. says. Yeah. So I, I almost went back, but no, I, I I've heard like warnings from it. It seems to be across the board. Yeah, that there's like consensus that these things are really bad. Yeah, I think anything that's the chemical base that you're taking into your lungs can't be a good thing. You know what I did? And I noticed, too, I had heartburn for years, right? Acid reflux. I never went to the doctor for what I was just like, this sucks. And I blamed it. Like, every time I'd eat pizza or anything tomato-based mm-hmm. stuff, I'm like, it's too acidic. When I quit smoking and when I stopped vaping, 
or puffing on anything, it went away. Mm. I blame it on tomatoes. Now I can eat tomatoes again. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm not eating pizza like I used to and stuff like that, but I drink tons of coffee, and then I haven't had heartburn since I quit vaping. So, wow. I, I mean, yeah, there's something to it of just your body doesn't want to ingest any kind of smoke or vape. Vapor or something It's just not natural I don't think It irritates me at least <coughs> My throat and stomach So mm-hmm. immediately Once I removed that I felt better It's like all these things That are very Like told to all of us That are so simple We just don't do Like I had a head cold In January And I was like This is the first head cold I'm going to handle it right And I might have still been vaping But I was just like I'm going to eat spinach Soup I'm going to rest I'm going to take the medicine Every four to six hours Exactly dead on I'm going to drink tons of water And it was gone in 36 hours hmm. I felt wow. so much better I mean granted it wasn't you know, pneumonia, but it was a common head cold, and I like I beat it in half the time. It was like the quickest recovery I've ever had in my yeah, life. But the kind of thing that when you were smoking would have lingered for forever weeks. and turned yeah. into a sinus infection yeah. and all yeah. this other stuff. So I'm like, it really works. All this healthy food, all this boring healthy food, and I feel so much better. Take some vitamins. That's it. It's so mm-hmm. boring, but some I, I like boring now, man. <laughs> I love boring things, man. Wait, yeah, you get to the boring. I, I'm, I'm right behind you, so I, I know. Like, you start liking boring stuff. I love it. Yeah, I, I love peace and quiet. I love boring mm-hmm. food. Real quiet. Yeah, real I love quiet that too. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm mid forties. Maybe it's just a thing that happens in your forties, but uh, yeah, I'm okay. My my twenties were so loud and drunk and drug induced <laughs> that yeah, now I'm fine. <laughs> just chilling. that was enough for a lifetime, you know. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, I want to be a little bit healthy. I just want to feel better. And yeah. and so with these with these changes, have you noticed a difference in terms of uh, when you're headed to the stage or your energy level? You know, maybe it's between shows, getting back and forth or whatever. Like, has that changed as your health improves? Yeah, it's killing me during shows because I'm like starving between shows now. I huh. eat every three huh. hours almost. Mm-hmm. Every three or four hours. So I would eat, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon two years ago and then eat again at midnight. I would just eat huge in the afternoon, pass out, do two shows, eat and feast afterwards. Now I'm like having to eat snacks before the first show, between the shows, and then again after the shows. Mm. So sometimes in that, and I'm didn't mind getting stomach cramps too. I think sometimes like overdoing it on protein. So I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> between shows, I'm like, oh, yeah. Whenever I feel bloated and then hungry. So that's new. I feel great through the first show, but now I'm having to eat at the club. I never liked eating before shows, but I'm doing yeah. it now. And you, but you bring it with you though, because that yeah. club stuff. Club there's yeah. not a lot. Of yeah, occasionally yeah. you get like, just give me a chicken breast or something like that, or give me whatever, something, a salad. But yeah, I'm having to sort of learn how like to pack and live and like, yeah, carry this stuff with me at all times. It's a different, but I do feel better, like energy wise, yes, mm-hmm. a lot better. Yeah. So it still fascinates me that you. Uh, you just don't care about how things taste. I, I, that I, I'm such a foodie that, like, when yeah. I hear that, it's just like that can't be true. But you've always been honest with us. I will so, always be honest. <laughs> like, Maybe I'm. He's he's somehow telling the truth. Yeah, no, that, I get it. T- the taste of stuff doesn't matter. I'm trying to think of like the garbage foods that I really love. I mean, southern food with butter all over it and stuff like that. Mm. I love it. I mean, I love chicken and dumplings. Is that's oh, bad, right? Is yeah. that bad? I'm sure uh, it is. It's not, yeah, it's not great. Okay, so I love stuff like that. I still eat meat. I ate meatloaf today. I don't know if that's bad. Uh, meatloaf, sorry. I love meatloaf. Uh, I mean, I was raised here in North Carolina. I mean, my grandmother, when I was a kid, old Southern lady, she would take, she's like, you want a treat? And she would take Cairo syrup in a saucer <laughs> and take a, like a oh, pat gracious. of butter, put it in the middle of the saucer, <laughs> squirt Cairo syrup and hand me a biscuit and just yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, it would knock you out now. Sop it up? Yeah, that would, that would kill you. It made me just buzz as a kid. Yeah. Oh. yeah, like sugar. So I was raised on that, and I always had sweets. I had candy around, sodas as a kid. I did all that stuff. It's just like, yeah. as I got older, the sweets don't mean as much. Mm-hmm. The soda started making me sick, too. Like, mm-hmm. Drinking a soda on an empty stomach makes me want to vomit. Yeah, so uh, there's still junk food in there. There's stuff I'm forgetting. Hot dog. I love hot dogs. Well, I just don't eat me them too. anymore. I love them. But they make me, last 10 years, they make me feel like shit as soon as I, I eat them. Like a hot dog, I love the way it tastes. And then it's just, I'm like. I'm well, like, plus now there's so much gross. space between when you're eating them that uh, yeah. it's going to be a bad experience. That foot-long corn dog in Myrtle Beach, I mean, that almost Ugh. ended me. That was <laughs> That's a lot of corn dog, though. I thought it'd be That's funny. Of- I like it was a nice photo op. I bought it to be obnoxious. Yeah. I'm like, look, look at this. And then I'm like, I'm gonna eat this thing. And it was great. And then 30 seconds later, I'm like, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna fucking have a heart attack. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm losing my dying. vision. My vision's blurry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Ugh. My I left know. leg is tingling. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So well, that's good though, man. Because I know that uh, last time or a couple of times that you've been here, we've talked about. How you were in your twenties, and, and oh yeah, I mean you've told those stories. So to because you know some cats don't even make it through that. I know. So for you to kind of see the other side of that stuff and be in the shape you're in now is, I mean, you know, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, yeah, I'm grateful. I mean, I was I was really lucky that I didn't die in my twenties. It was just too much. I pushed it pretty hard. I mean, I granted I never had the um, maybe I didn't get into the hard drugs like other people, but I definitely sampled a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There could have been nights and or days I didn't wake up. But I did. If I, you know, my heart. If I had a heart defect and the drugs I ingested mm-hmm. or the alcohol, I probably could have uh, died. But I didn't, or car wrecks or whatever else, or someone fight beat my ass. You know, there were <laughs> plenty of opportunities <laughs> for me to yeah. die. Yeah, I, yeah mean, I don't remember. Yeah, when you, I never got the sense that you were like a happy drunk. I didn't. <laughs> it started happy, and then you know, alcoholism progresses. Then it's dark and real ugly and angry and rooted in uh, a bunch of stuff. I still don't know because I didn't go to AA, so I don't. I don't. I still have unresolved issues, as my friends in AA <laughs> tell me. They're like, you definitely need to get in the program. But I'm like, I've stayed sober, so I'm like, all right. Yeah. I, <laughs> that I mean, yeah. I remember uh, years ago. I got a DUI. I got a DUI uh, my third year of law school. And um, I had to go to AA meetings. I think I might have told this on yeah. the podcast yeah, before, did. but I used yeah. to have to go to, and it's like you'd go to these church basements and stuff, right. man, and it's like stale black coffee and people sitting around, and they're telling these stories. And it's like you hear some of the like the most awful shit. Like I ran over my daughter. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, terrific. And then they get yeah. to me, and I'm like, oh, uh I got two turned up at homecoming. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're like I, a college uh, <laughs> drunk. Which Not is, the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, but it. I just, I. It made me appreciate the fact that I wasn't, you know, that, that I didn't struggle with it to that degree. Yeah, because it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm happy. I mean, I took it far enough. I mean, I know people have worse stories, but I was never trying to be, you know, an alcoholic. I. I it was just. Very natural thing. I loved alcohol so much. I loved the fantasy of it, but it never really lived up. I used to have a bit about that. It never lived up to the expectations I had for it, which mm-hmm. is very true. And I realized that later on after it. I almost, you know, I got arrested a couple times. The DUIs, the misuse of 911, mm-hmm. prank calling 911 and all this. And <laughs> prank calling. Oh, uh, it was a disaster. And then all the other nights where, I got, you know, just was a mess all over the country. And I'm just like, I, you know what I think about it too is that I, is that I see people that drink their entire lives. And I stopped when I was 30, almost 31 years old. And I felt, 
I've never felt worse than when I was 30 years old physically. Wow. Like my circulation and my pinky fingers, I couldn't feel them. And I was just, my eyes were just swollen all the time. I felt awful all the time. And so I see people that drink into their 50s, and I'm like, I don't know how they do it physically. Mm-hmm. I also think it's very sad to go most of your life and just, you can't get through life without a bottle. Mm-hmm. It's just like that defines your whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I'm always like, have some more fight. It can be a phase, but get through it, like cigarettes. I don't want cigarettes to be that either. I'm just like, I got to have this thing mm-hmm. to confront life just to get through my day. I'm like, I should be stronger than that. But it takes forever. They're super hard to get through. So I understand why people succumb to it. But I was just like, I, no. I don't want it to be the whole life. And people, that's their whole lives. It's like as soon as they become not even an adult in their teens, they start mm-hmm. drinking and they drink themselves to death. Mm-hmm. Whether they're 40, 50, 60, 80, I don't know how long they can last. But I'm like, it's very sad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For myself, I was like, I don't want to live that way. Right. Yeah. Then I have to have a bottle all the time. Yeah. I'd rather just face it, even if it's miserable at times. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of times, because I don't know if I'm a fan of life yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it is. <laughs> so you've had 47 years to uh, think about it. 44, how dare you? Oh, wow. 44. Yikes. 47. <laughs> tell me I look good, then you tell me I'm always 50. <laughs> 44, that's right, 44. My apologies. <laughs> it's coming, 47, 44. No, nah, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, uh, but, like... With with that, with as many years as, as you've had on this earth, you still don't know whether you like it. Uh, I do. I do. I talk a lot of shit, but yeah, I do. Like being, otherwise, I wouldn't have sobered up or I wouldn't have done these things to like improve right. my life. I always joke around about working out. Why am I trying to extend a life that I'm not, you know, sure I'm a fan of? Right? You know, it's like, why am I trying to prolong it's it? on the fence Something. about it. It is funny, yeah, This existence. <laughs> I'm just going to buy myself another 10 years on the end that I didn't like in the 40s, but. I do. I mean, yeah, I am. I'm a crybaby. I whine and moan, and it, complaining is where my joy comes from. Mm. And so I'm just always this person. I realize that I am grateful to be alive. I don't want to die. I have self preservation instinct. I will fight to the end, but it's just. I think. I hope. But it's. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna bitch too. Yeah. I'm just. It's my nature to just be like, who? Who set this up? <laughs> you know About what I mean? It, the whole. You gotta. The whole. You know. You gotta try real hard before you get good things. It's gotta be excruciating before life pays you. I mean, it's a perfect setup, really. <laughs> it frustrates the piss out of me, daily basis. But I accept that that's the reality, and life can be good still. But, I, yeah, I'm constantly frustrated <laughs> by life. We all are, I guess, you know, but it's, uh, I, I whine about it louder. It's probably what, <laughs> what part of what makes you a great comic is mm-hmm. that you see uh, the things to despise, to despise. about everything. But about I, many things. Yeah, but I do think it's worth living. I am going to fight. I think fighting to the end, too, is the whole way. Kicking, even if you go kicking and screaming the, the whole way, then, yeah, I still want to be alive. So, yeah. uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, has, has your material or what you talk about, has, has the sort of tone of it changed or the content changed as you got older and as you made the changes in nutrition and everything else? Yeah, I mean, yeah, with each little phase or obsession that I have, it changes everything. So with sobriety back in the day, 13 years ago, then I had to do a bunch of stuff about my drinking and then now being sober. And then with stuff like smoking, I don't really, I didn't really, that didn't feel as major. Uh, but then working out, I've got like a couple new bits about how people view it and and uh, trying to get healthy. Because I, like, I had noticed that there was a time that people didn't like me when I was there's one bit like I was like I don't, not to do material on the no, podcast, no, please, but please. 
please. It's still loose, so it's not a tight joke. We got to fill an hour, Paul. So do, do, do. <laughs> hoop. No, hoop. Hoop or you? Do you prefer hoop or Paul? Or either one. Either I don't care. one. Okay. Hooper. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We call him hoop. I, I feel like that's what you do, Brian. Hoop. Yeah, I feel like people back in the day knew me as hoop. Yeah, we called you. Uh, I think early on, Sammy Joe called you P Hoop. P Hoop. I'll take that. Which was kind of just cool. not P H. P Hoop. I'll take that. Anything yeah. but Hopper. People. Yeah, no. Well, that's not your name. I, but people mess it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is yeah. a, weird, a very simple name, but people want to take that second uh, O and put a tail on it and make it a yeah. P all over the country and just Hopper. When it's spelled correctly, they see Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, Hopper. It's so, yeah. Huh. Something with their optical nerve. People suck. Yeah. They're lazy. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, you can't even compare to how many times I bet your name's been butchered. Oh, every day. Oh, Balta, yeah. Balta every day. Yeah, that makes sense though. I mean, it's complicated. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's not pronounced at all how it's spelled, and it's just it's stupid. It's a stupid last name. <laughs> oh, Brian, it's a ridiculous last name. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I had it like I go to the Bahamas. That Bahamas gig every year, they call me Hopper all year. I mean, <laughs> for, for two weeks or whatever, it was like Hopper, Mister Hopper, and it's spelled right on my room key. It says Paul Hooper, mm-hmm. right? So I know it's on the computer screen. They printed it off of the same computer in the same reservation. And I'll, I'll call room service, Mr. Hopper, how's your day? I'm like, <laughs> two weeks of that will make you crazy. It's like psychological operation. Like, you guys are just doing this. Right. To drive me off, to jump off this balcony. <laughs> right. Like, I've corrected y'all enough times. Yeah. And then it's Hopper. And I called him on it one time. The very end of the two weeks, I scheduled a shuttle, the airport shuttle to leave. And they were like, Mr. Hopper, how are we? I'm like, it's Hooper. I swear to God, you know it's Hooper, right? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Then they connected me to the shuttle service and put me on, like, uh, conference call. They just called with me on the phone, like, Mr. Hopper. They said, Miss, no, Mr. Hooper. And they spelled my name. And she went H-O-O-O. And she put three O's in it. I'm like, oh, so it's binary code now. You just, like, Hopper, one O to three, all the O's. Overcorrection. Whatever. I'm just like, H-O-O-O-O-O. I'm like, oh, what's happening? What's happening to the, the human mind? It's just unraveling, man. I would be annoyed by that. That's I mean, kind of ridiculous. When stuff. someone goes hopper, I'm just like, they're not looking. I understand. But when it's two weeks, man, it'll drive you insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. When you know it's spelled correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. And then I asked the Bahamians, like, I was like, are there just more? I thought maybe there's more hoppers in the Bahamas. Than, and they're like, no, there's no hoop. There's no hoppers. There's a few hoopers here that live <laughs> So there. really, they should like, be, there's no excuse. You would figure no, they would air, end up airing on the side <laughs> of hooper. hooper. Right. No, no. Nope. They're doing it. To torment me. So was so you have you uh, been there this year yet? Or you? I'm going in two weeks. Two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, two oh, weeks. Yeah. I'm excited, man. So is is Naughty still there? And uh, Naughty's still there. Naughty, Naughty is it? Naughty, forever. We just did Hooper <laughs> Hopper. I'm calling him Naughty. Yeah, that, see, Naughty, the Cheer house MC, Naughty. Yeah, local legend. <laughs> yes, he is indeed. He's a character, man. He is. <laughs> you yeah. have to. Uh, you have to see this guy, Brian. Like he, like. Naughty. <laughs> Naughty does like uh, I think he does like twenty minutes. Does twenty minutes up front? Yeah, he does 15, 20. 20 minutes, Yeah, twenty a good. 20. But is he? So he's the house MC. So he's every night. It's him. Yes, right. Yeah. No matter who the guy. And he always right. just left. I forget some kind of office. I don't want to stomp on his bit, but he he, he always just left. <laughs> sure, like right. I just got back from a convention or something. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And it was like, but he always just got back every night. Like that was his his lead in. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, he must always do that. He has someone now on off nights. He'll take a couple nights off, and someone else will fill in. But they don't have, you know, a comedy scene in the Bahamas, so it's only yeah, a couple, yeah. other, literally only like one or two other people that are amateurs that can do it. So, right. He, I mean, I think about it like fifty weeks a year. He's probably there for about fifteen years, same venue. 
Does he write new material? He's been doing that for 15 years? He's been doing it. Naughty and I are about the same age. And so when I started featuring, I think he started, fe- or like got the hosting gig. Yeah, at least 15. At least yeah. 15, maybe longer. Yeah. And then he, come, he came to the States and did a few gigs and stuff. But I've seen him. I met him forever ago. Yeah, I was a really young comic. Because he's mid-40s. I'm 44 or 48, whatever 40, you called me. Yeah. <laughs> 58. 47, 62. How dare you? <laughs> But yeah, I'm going down there. I'm going to lay out in the sun. That's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to post photos. I'm I was going to say, all. We can look forward to more, more absolutely, more of your abs because you got abs now. Yeah. Obscene, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just going to annoy everyone. Ah, it's all in fun. Yeah, of course, I think. <laughs> of it's course. all in fun. But some people get irritated. You post that. I'm all for it, like these uh, thirst traps and stuff on Instagram. <laughs> it's the only thing worth looking at. Nudity is the only thing that's good on Instagram. I don't yeah. want to see like these paragraphs of people's thoughts. That explains my following. Uh, I yes. need to. I, I, it sounds like I need to get nude, Brian. You're you, gonna have you, to. You got to show some more in your eyes. Some more skin. You're gonna have to. I need a couple. I need a couple months of Paul to die first. <laughs> okay. This is not a. Yeah, it's not a situation I'd leap into at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I know my diet's off because I only have four abs. I have four and a half abs. I can't get the bottom two. That's the difference right there between really? someone that knows what they're doing and someone that's just messing around. But right if you're going to be lacking two abs, I would think the bottom ones are the that's ones. That's the ones. Yeah, well, it would be odd you cover if, that. if you had the right. bottom yeah, four and then the top two wouldn't come in. <laughs> then you're just like, a, you need to be life lighted somewhere, right? I would love to have like a six pack, a, four, a two pack, any pack. Yeah. I've never had a pack. The best right. I've ever been is flat, like a woman, like a flat stomach. Yeah. That's the. Closest I've ever been, rather than just the one big ab. Right now, but yeah, now was, but you know what? Now was weird though, because I got like abs, but they have like fat on them, so it's like a. You can see it, the ridge. You can see you can see the ridge, but it's a cushiony yeah. ridge. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like underneath this, it looks like it's like the... six Twinkies. <laughs> like if you just <laughs> like so, yeah. it's abs, but it's got a layer of cushion on them. So I got to get that cushion off. That's so so Paul. I mean, who hoop. Hoop is kind of inspiring me to. Uh, I do it, man. Oh, yeah. You want to see where your friends are? That'll tell you right there. Because I, I heard more about those posts than anything I've done in comedy. <laughs> and I, they had, like, it lasted a long time. So I was there in December. People were bringing this. I'd see someone in June in New York. And they're like, it's all those Bahamas photos. <laughs> and they'd be like, I love it. I don't know why people would get And I'm like, but I know you didn't like the photo. I know for a fact, my memory, I never saw your name hit like on any of those photos. But they're like, I, I don't know why anybody would be in well, like okay, that, but so, I liked so, it. I'm cheering you on. Well, some of it depends on, I think, some of the animus that you would draw. Depends on your facial expression. Facial, if I'm being a if, if Yeah, if you're doing like the, the Fabio, like, you know, like, uh, right. like the stone stiff like jaw. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, don't, like, don't be a douche about how you, you know, like, yeah, were no. you smiling? Were no, you, I think you? my resting, my shitty resting face, <laughs> you know, I have my normal shitty resting face, which is like half asleep, it's sort of like miserable, but, you know, it's not, maybe it'd be misinterpreted as a sexy face, but it's not, I don't know how to have a sexy face, so whatever, it was just me not smiling, occasionally smiling, sometimes just this, without a shirt, and then people get mad. Are there ever times where you like flexing something though? Like, no, trying no, to no, make no, this posing, pop out? no posing. A couple of obnoxious like sitting positions, but no posing. <laughs> Hold on, what I'm is just... an obnoxious sitting position? You know, I mean, just shirtless, like leaned over, looking, <laughs> and with like shorts on. So it's just like you just have barely anything covering here. 
And what's the caption on these? Just, yeah, just uh, Well, those were the most obnoxious parts of it, where it was really like rubbing it in. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it was mixed between ab photos and then just taking the weather app, like screenshots of New York and Nassau, Bahamas. And it would be like 45 degrees, 82 degrees. I'm like, bundle up. Hope you guys are safe. And it'd just be me shirtless. <laughs> By a pool. I mean, yeah, I was being an asshole. But the joke is so clear. Right. You know, I don't know why. I would never get mad. I looked at if some one of my friends is doing, I would cheer him on. I'm like, good, he's in yeah, the Bahamas, you're in Aruba. Who cares? Right. Go for it. You're in Hawaii. <laughs> when my friends go to Hawaii, I love it. I've right. never been to Hawaii. I want to so, see it. So you're obviously being funny here. And, I hope so. And people, some people aren't getting it. And some, there is an exhibitionist to me, I'm sure. So it is cut with narcissism, but it is, uh, I'll own up to that. And it is still comedy, but it's just sort of like a fun thing to do. And I love being in the Bahamas. I light up, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm well, a- plus, man, listen, if you're going to be eating bland chicken breasts and grass and mushrooms <laughs> yeah. and barley... I mean, reward. I mean, look, you got to do that. Yeah, you, you don't. Yeah. Well, you're not doing that for nothing. I mean, the feeling good part is great, but you want to show that off too. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. You want to feel better, look better. It's all right. It gets. Uh, and everybody always does this too. Of like, this is well part of the bit. It was that people are like whatever you do, don't become one of those CrossFit douches. <laughs> They're like, that's all they talk about. I'm like, by the way, no one in CrossFit's ever talked to me about CrossFit because mm. I want them to. I want the information. I don't know why they got such a bad reputation. They, I'm like, they look incredible. You're they look all... amazing. I'm like, why are they getting such... Is it jealousy? And people are like, because they look like Navy SEALs. Difference. And I'm like, they couldn't look better. They're flexible, strong, and fast. And people are like, they're, they're douchebags. I'm like, what are they doing? Because they're flipping tires. Yeah, they're, they're, oh, they're weird. Yeah. You were crossfitting for a while, weren't you? No. Or something like I, it? It was something like that. You had a trainer. Yeah, I had a trainer, but yeah. it wasn't quite CrossFit. Okay. Wasn't I didn't tear anything. Man, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get gonna into it. it. You're gonna get into it. Well, you, well, I tell you right now, you're the only person I've ever met that said I wish somebody would talk to me about CrossFit. <laughs> That's almost like somebody I like I wish these Jehovah Witnesses none of them ever come up to me. You know, like I've just never heard this before. Yeah, I want to hear about CrossFit because I think about it. I do. I have all these friends that are like, you know, we're in comedy, so it's like another level of unhealthy. We're friends. Not talk, take the drinking and the drugs out of friends that just eat garbage. I have friends that I have a buddy. I love him, but he'll text me every time. He goes to the bathroom in a new public place. <laughs> He's just be like, I shit at my dentist's office. That's a text I get to my phone. I'm like, I'd rather have CrossFit friends to talk to me about interval training and broccoli than him going, I shit at a Burger King twice. So what are his redeeming <laughs> qualities? Because that doesn't sound like a friend I would seek out, to be honest. His redeeming qualities is he's trying to irritate me. He knows I hate it. And I love him for that. That's right. it's that's, my trick. It's, yeah, that's my your, type that's of thing. your kindred spirit. Right I now. hate hearing it, but I like that I get what he's, where he's coming from. <laughs> But, I, yeah, I despise that he's actually doing it. Yeah. If he just sent me the text, he's like, I shit at a McDonald's three times a day. But I know he's doing it, too, which bothers me. That, yeah, that bothers it's real. me. That it's real. Yeah, he's it not really just, bothers yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty disgusting. Uh, From yeah, all over the world, that. too. It's you don't great. need to know when your friends are taking a dump. No, you're not even supposed to, you know, communicate with me no, any no, time no, around no. that time. Do not talk to me. He's super funny, though. Mike Lester, he's a super funny comic. Oh, he's a comic. I got to well, get him a plug. He's a great Literally comic, everything. too. Yeah. Yeah. He's so <laughs> funny. He's disturbed, <laughs> deeply disturbed, and he needs to take his bowel movements home. And do it, you know. So I'm assuming he's in New York as well. No, he lives in L.A. Oh, he's in L.A. So that's why I'm getting these texts. We never see each other. He's got to keep me posted. <laughs> his bathroom <laughs> antics. That I don't need. He leaves them his Facebook comments too on things that are unrelated. You know what I mean? Of course, he just 
the thirteenth comment is him. <laughs> I should have had a Panera bread today. <laughs> so I hate you, it and I love it. So you've been how long have you been in New York now? Eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Crazy, right? Almost a decade coming Dude. up. Nine in January. That's right. wild. Mm-hmm. That's so so obviously it suits you. Uh no. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. But uh, I just stay. You know what it is? I never liked New York. And then I just stay. I, people always like, it chases you out. It intimidates people and they leave. And I just was so stubborn that I'm You're like, the wrong person to say that to. I feel I like it's wrong. And I, now I just stayed and I didn't even like it. I just stayed for nine years just to prove something <laughs> that I didn't. Bastards. People don't care that you stayed nine years. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't enjoy one day of this. But I'm, I didn't leave. That doesn't count for anything. Thank God they don't go, you can't do Beirut. Like, oh. <laughs> That's what works. That's what motivates me. If I could figure out how to lock that in on everything in life, I'd be good. But yeah, I mean, I know I like uh, New York for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what I mean? Best comedy scene in the world, probably. Best comics. And um, it has pushed me to get better at comedy. So I like that. Even though I don't like the city and all this, you know, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite city, never will be. So you've been in both places. You've been in the South. You've been up in New York because you you do hear a lot of comics say that New York is you know is that you want to be with the best and mm-hmm. see the best and compete against the best. Is, is there is that overrated at all, or do or do you think that no, legitimately, like it's like going to the X Men school or something? Like I, I'm, I'm going to this elevated level of yeah. comedy and comedy writing. Uh, yeah, the best in the world are there, but also some of the best in the world are in LA, and then the best in the world are sprinkled like all over the world. You know what I mean? It's not just every, the top ten percent are there. It's the I feel like it's a higher concentration in stand up. It's more based around stand up in New York, so mm-hmm. more of them are there or come through there and do spots. And New York is known for stand up. So, but I think it's not as clear cut as like this is the NFL combine of comedy or Navy SEAL training of comedy because there's a lot of garbage up there. You know, there's everyone moves from all over the world from open micers, you know, the worst comics in the world to the geniuses. So it's sort of chaos mm. you, to figure out the landscape. And yeah, the best in the world are there, but there's a lot of stuff that's really confusing and it's overwhelming. I feel like you never get a feel for the scene because there's too many people because you'll never know everyone in the scene like you could in Charlotte or Seattle or Minneapolis. Right. They just keep coming. Uh, every, you know, there's open micers moving, I've, maybe not every day, but there's an influx every year, a few times a year, and then some people leave, and then some people are visiting, and it's just people from all over the world are coming, not just comics from America, so it's like too much. You, you, then, would, you would think that that would make for like a cutthroat culture. Uh, I guess, but I, I feel like the comics have been nice. I haven't had any trouble with anything like that as far as like, the business is just grueling. The business is just ridiculous the industry of comedy and that's not just a new york thing that it's just a lawless business so that creates the comics have been good to me it's just um now i mean how do you move up it's like it's a thing where it's not just a direct line it's just anything works you can come in you can be a youtube star mm-hmm. you can get some comedy central credits you can get some late night credits you can get a podcast that gets your fan base and stuff like that there's no rules to it anymore there's no traditional path and so that's good and bad it's, it's weird that way, right? It it's is. It's good and bad. It means you, you have a chance to come in a back door and get your fans and stuff like that. It also means garbage finds a fan base, too. Mm-hmm. And they take headline spots at comedy clubs. And they're not comics at all. Yeah. And so that's, we all know who they are. And uh, so that's happening, too. So, you know, they win a fan base before the great comics win. I mean, but it's all up to us individually. It's just, it, 
it's absolute chaos, I think. Yeah, I think there comes a point where, because I've met comics that, you know, 20, 30 years in, whatever it is, that really resent that. Like, they really resent the notion that <clears throat> you have people that have been out there honing the craft and dedicated to the craft, made it their life for all these years, and then you got a person that, you know, makes whatever kind of little videos, and, uh, you know, they're getting these spots over those people that have dedicated themselves yeah. to that. So it's like, I, I understand, but it almost feels like at a point, like there's a point where you have to accept that that is what it is. And you can either try to use that as a mechanism for you to, you know, to, to do whatever, use it as a tool, or you can just, you know, ne you know, just put your hand up and say, you know, and just spend the whole time resenting it. And so it's like, do yeah. you ever, don't you, don't, like, it's hard, but it's like it, it, it it's hard to make your peace with that. Yeah. But it's like I, I feel like on the other side of doing that, uh, you know, maybe it can be a tool for you know, for comics to use no matter how many years they've been in the game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, life is not fair and comedy's gonna be more unfair. I mean, it just seems like if comedy was a football team, it would be like what, eleven players on a team? It would be mm -hmm. three of the best people you've ever seen. Six above average, and two that should have been kicked out of peewee football. <laughs> Absolutely thrown out, not allowed in a stadium when they were seven years old. Just an abomination. Just right. the worst thing you've ever seen. And it's, those are all making the same money and getting the same exposure. Mm -hmm. The geniuses and the oh slightly yeah. above average and the garbage mm -hmm. can be all millionaires and can be all taking the spots. And that's just the way it is. It's just So how in the world do you stand out in a, in a population so dense? That, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it, that's a very tough thing, too, because I think the thing is, is like, uh, not that New York is tough. It's, it's just easy to get, yeah, forgotten. Yeah. So you're getting attention, I think, is the hardest thing. It's not that anyone's, like, going to block you. It's just people don't know you exist. Mm -hmm. Making people know you exist is the trick. And it's, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes, like, going out and doing spots, but it involves, you know, I know New York Comics do seven, seven days a week. And I probably haven't done a lot of that, of like the going out seven days a week. I go out and do my spots and stuff, but I'm not. I probably should go out more, honestly. Show my face more. How do you help. go out up there now? Uh, not much. I was home most of the summer, so I went out and did my spots. Every time I got a spot, of course I do it, then I'll hang out for a bit. But it's the off nights, I think, is where um, people are encouraged to hang out. And the FaceTime counts for something, and that's where I've dropped the ball. Because I'm sort of antisocial in that way and hard-headed and maybe it's reclusive Plus a bunch to of 20 year olds at a lot of these places right like yeah and i think yeah 20 year olds want to be out and be social and 25 year old comics and i'm 44 and I, I can't drink or do drugs and that's the only reason i would want to hang out um and i'm you know i like being around my, my friends if we were all after a show i could hang out for two hours let's get some food let's do it i do that with my friends all the time but i don't go out strategically every night and no. go, i'm gonna hit this place this place and this place and shake hands like a politician mm -hmm. and it's probably cost me a bit. Now, maybe I'm reclusive to a fault in that way. I still do my spots. I still go to the shows I like, but I should probably force myself to do more. Because there there's an aspect of I don't know if it's like that way in L.A., but it is in New York, of being out, being seen. Counts for a lot. Mm. And I did not know that before I went. I didn't know that at all. Because, you know, Charlotte, especially the time I was here, was a different... I, I, I didn't even really do much in Charlotte other than the weeks I had booked, and I would come home, rest, you know, do laundry, pack, go again to the road. That's the way I lived for years. And I sort of like living that way. So now I go from Charlotte when I was here, didn't have really a scene, to the biggest scene in the world. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have anything in between. So I've had a tough adjustment to it because for years I was just like 
come home, get ready, write, go back on the road, and then try new stuff, do your five or six shows, get paid, do it again, next city. And I like doing comedy that way now. So it doesn't really fit into New York. Like when I was home this summer for three months, it drove me crazy to sleep in my own bed because I don't feel like I have the same sense of purpose that I do on the road. I'm on the road for like a month now. I feel so much better right now. Really? Well, I mean, the money's better on the road, too, than me being at home in New York. Even though I get spot pay and stuff, it's still mm -hmm. not the same. But it's not all money. It's like I get longer sets. I know what I'm doing this week. I know I have a show tomorrow night, and I have a few shows this weekend, and, so, and I know what's next week. I know the money I'm getting paid. I know the amount of time. I get to do a ton of time. I can work in new jokes, do whatever I want. And I, hotels and air airports give me a sense of purpose. I'm going forward. When I'm home, and you're like, you got a 10-minute spot tomorrow night, free spot. I'm like, all right, I can put in new jokes. That's where it'll be good. But then I'm sort of lost. I mean, you know, a few 10-minute spots here, there, and you're like still coming back to your bed every night, and you're like the scenery doesn't change. It really, it's, I don't take it well. I don't do well like that. I try, I'm still trying to adjust because for, I don't know, 15 years of my life, I traveled 30 to 40 weeks a year. Mm. And that's my norm. And so that's what it is now, being home. Sleeping in my own bed for 30 days does not feel right. I feel worthless. Even though I go out every night, and you're like, oh, you could do a spot. It doesn't feel the same. Wow. It doesn't feel the same to me. Now, maybe if I was doing 20 spots a week in New York and got to that point, it would feel different. Mm. But Maybe. But there's so much of that sounds like routine. And so much of it is I like traveling. I like right, going. Right, like the, the, the new hotel, the new this, yeah. the new that. Yeah, even if you did a bunch of spots a week, you wouldn't have that part of the experience. I love going on the road. Like the last few weeks, I mean, I've been like, I was in Oklahoma City for a week. I was in Tulsa for a week. I was in, where was I? At Myrtle Beach for a week. Now I'm in Charlotte and Atlanta. Next week, Harrisburg, then uh, Pennsylvania, then the Bahamas, then Asheville, then Fort Myers, Florida. I have this schedule locked in my head, and I love that at the beginning of every week, I'm like going somewhere new, new hotel, a new stage. New, everything feels different, and these are the sets I have. And then I just move. New get city? Paid and go like, again. Do, you, do you go into the city at all usually? or Explore? I mean, sometimes, if I've been in the city 20 times, you know, or if it's a boring city, not so much. But mm -hmm. it's not even about exploring. If it's a new place, I do explore a lot. But there's not a lot of new places in the United States, you know, for me. Right. I have to be out of the country before I get sort of excited in that way. Mine is just like, I like being there. It just gives me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I've always liked long sets, and I like traveling. I like seeing new things. And I don't get lonely on the road like other people. Hmm. So I'm weird. I mean, maybe I think it's because I did it in my early 20s. It was my adult life. And then I, I don't think I was comfortable doing it in the beginning, and I got comfortable because that was my reality. And now I'm trying to change it all these years later. Yeah, it's interesting to me that, that as important as routine is to you, and you've been open about your, your OCD, yeah. as important as routine is to you that the being in a new city every week is is thrilling for you and not completely terrifying. I know. It is weird. But I still have my structure. Yeah. From every how I pack a bag and then to the flights and then the getting in and then my structure of the day of, like, I still have my wholesale thing. Flight lands here. I'll take a nap. I'll eat. I have the shows, more food. And then it starts to be like I plan out the whole week. Yeah. It's not this elaborate plan, but I sort of have it yeah, it's blocked not, off in my head. It's not chaos. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, the laundry before a trip is very soothing. Like, I'm going forward. I always use the example. Maybe I said this on the podcast uh, last summer I was here, was the, the biggest example was years ago, I went to the beach with my family, and I couldn't calm down. I was just, like, staring at the ocean. And they weren't doing anything to stress me out. I was just could not. I was just anxious. And then at the end of that trip, I had to drive from, like, Myrtle Beach back here to catch a flight somewhere to a gig. So I drove four hours straight to the airport, said goodbye to my family, got in the uh, security line, 
and just felt like I exhaled. Mm. It felt like, oh, I have a sense of, now I'm going for it. Huh. Now I feel like I'm doing. I couldn't relax on the beach. It's like this getting in a security line makes you feel like, <laughs> oh, now. Now I'm doing something. Because you know you're going somewhere to do yeah. comedy, to get paid. You're seeing something different. It's just, that's how I've, I don't know. That, and that is fascinating to me because that's like the opposite of what I've become. Like, I, yeah. like, <clears throat> like going on the road is cool. But, I, you know, I also have a family. So it's like sure, I got a yeah. wife, a, a, a young son, you know, two and a half. So it's like, you know, I'm always giddy to get back home. Yeah, and I you know, it. for me, it's like, oh God! Like Friday hits, it's like oh, I gotta go on the road. Now, don't get me wrong. Once I go and I'm on stage and everything, yeah, I it's love good. it. Right, but it's like it's like I, I not dread. Dread's probably strong, but I I don't look forward to that process. You know, when it happens I'm anymore, and I think a lot of it is because you know because of what. Yeah, you, you have know, a family. family and stuff. I felt yeah. differently when I have a girlfriend. I sort of like I'd rather be home this week, or I want to I rush home or take the early flights and stuff to get and see her. But when I'm a single guy, I don't mind drifting. You know, I want to make sure I get to see my family. Um, you know, a few times a year and stuff like that. Besides that, I can I can stay out there if it's comfortable. I mean, yeah, if the flights are delayed and the, you know I'm late for a show, that kind of shit, I'm still miserable. But <laughs> if it's you know, I don't want to sit in an airport for six hours. Waiting on a flight, but the rest of it, I do like it. I do. I don't know. I thrive on that, and I like longer sets. Mm-hmm. And I and that's know. what you get on the road, right? Versus yeah, like the, what average is ten minutes. Ten minutes. You can get fifteen, twenty minute sets in the city sometimes, and those are really fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can have fun doing ten minutes. Um, but yeah, it's just a different world too. Of like, you've got to do a lot of club sets to make enough money to pay New York rent. And so, you know, even if whatever you do in New York is it's not enough money. Well, for for the comics listening, because you know we have, of course, comics that that listen. What what would you say like going up to New York? Like the average rent? Like you know, if a person's thinking about that move, what they're going to be spending a month? What they be spending? I mean, you know, uh, wow. If now, if you honestly, if you go to Queens and Brooklyn, unless your family's wealthy, you can go to Manhattan. But uh, or if you have some job making six figures. You could live in Manhattan. If not, Queens and Brooklyn is still expensive. Three bedrooms, apartment in like Bushwick or Astoria, twenty five hundred to three grand. Oof. Cheap, twenty five hundred cheap side of a three bedroom. Yeah, that's like a dump. Three, yeah, yeah, three bedroom, one bath. You'd be lucky to get it for twenty five hundred in those neighborhoods, which are pretty good. My neighborhood's pretty good, and Bushwick's like a younger version of mine, but I think rent's probably the same. Bed Stuy, Brooklyn. Uh, you might be able to get something a little bit cheaper. Other than that, you got to go further out, farther away from everything. Um, neighborhood won't be as good, but yeah, Manhattan. I don't know. You just need to be rich to live there, or you know, know someone that had a rent-controlled apartment or a family member that got you in, a grandmother, right, that left you something. <laughs> but that's about it. I ne- when I moved to New York, I never knew. That's one thing. Maybe I'm naive. I'm sure other people could have told me, but I knew there were rich people in this world. I never knew there were that many rich people. And they're there. They are there, and all their kids are there. Williamsburg, wow. Brooklyn, I mean, there are people paying five grand a month that are 23 years old, and they're not paying it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. They're oh, just yeah. every rich person's kids want to spend time in New York. I mean, and not a shortage. Buildings going up every day. People paying five grand. Brooklyn Heights is a, a great neighbor. I looked at it one time because I'm like, oh, it's like a rich person fantasy. I'm like, if I ever came into money, I would live in Brooklyn Heights. It's like this neighborhood. They name all the streets after fruits, like Pineapple, <laughs> Orange Street. It's like almost like gas lamps. There's, you can't hear traffic. You can't hear sirens. 
you just go in this neighborhood and it's just beautiful. There's trees lining the streets. I looked up three bedroom, ninety five hundred a month. Oh, so someone's paying ten grand a month. Why they're not buying their own place when they're paying yeah. one hundred twenty? I don't even know who would move there, right. unless it's a husband and wife with two kids and that's their room. Ten grand a month, basically. And it's beautiful, but the apartment's not the amazing thing. It's all the location of, like, yeah. you're living in Brooklyn Heights, or you're living in Manhattan, and it's crazy. I, sick money. Sick so then, money. So, so then it almost sounds like for some of these folks, it's less about the day-to-day experience and more about where you can say you live? Where you say you live. Or, those people make a lot of money there, too. New York's a place. I mean, you know, it's the epicenter, and, and so those people are making... Tons of money being in New York. I, I don't know. And I guess they want to live there. They thrive on it. I Is don't it know like a Gucci bag where it's like a status symbol that I live in? Brooklyn. Maybe. Maybe. I don't even know Because you just said it it, it's not even that great a... My ex-girlfriend setup. worked at a... She was in this building in the uh, Upper East Side, and they were selling it. So they were selling one apartment at a time, and she worked in the show apartment just answering phones. It was a temp gig. And so she sat in one of these show apartments. I went to see her, and the apartment she was in, you know, it was decorated like an office... But it was just the show apartment. And so I went up. It was a $2 million apartment. That's what they were selling it for. And when you went in the bathroom, it had no counter space. It was like a hotel, sink, <laughs> toilet, holiday and shower. Nothing elaborate. I'm like, you pay $2 million, you still don't have somewhere to put your toothbrush. I mean, the living room, you had a view of Manhattan. You had hardwood floors. The living room was pretty big for a mm-hmm. New York apartment and the bedroom. But the bathroom was no better than a Holiday Inn. $2 million. And I'm like, the penthouses were $5 million in that. And that's still like... Low-end millionaire for New York City. Hmm. A $2 million apartment is not, huh. you know, you're not even close to the richest there. And so seeing stuff like that, you're like, wow. I mean, you know, the view counts for some, but it was not, in my mind, I would never live put $2 million into that. No. Oh. Get the well, fuck well, out of that city. Especially not you being from the South either. No. Like you've seen something a lot different than that. Yeah. $2 million. I mean, <laughs> no, it's crazy. You could buy this whole studio and building we're in for like $2 million. The whole no, strip. But, Two, two of them. Two probably. of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not more than that. Yeah. I'm amazed, though. But, you know, rich people, they want to be there, and they want to make more money. And mm-hmm. so that's where they need to be. I, I don't know. I wouldn't live there. If I got rich, I would uh, leave quickly. I just never, I never understood. I mean, I'm from the Philly area and lived in D.C. a bunch of years. But I just never understood, like, that just hardcore appeal mm-hmm. of New York and of living in New York. Like, I've been there. I've visited. It's cool. But I'm not like, I gotta be in New York. Yeah. Like, it's just never been that way for me. Yeah, I've never felt... I didn't realize how much I had an appreciation for nature or grass or trees. And, like, man-made structures don't really do much for me. I do appreciate, you know, the architecture and the engineering of, like, I know that's hard to do. I couldn't design that building. I couldn't build that building. I don't know how that's done. I respect that human beings have gotten to a point. But, you know, when you look at rusted bridges and cracked sidewalks and buildings from 200 years ago that don't have central air conditioning and you know and it's just horns and stuff like it just gets old you'd like to see a field or you'd like to see an ocean mm-hmm. and i feel a lot better looking at those things other people th- seem to thrive on it being around that many people i don't i'm the opposite it pushes me away it does and so that part i've adapted i have to force myself i know how to live there i can suffer through it <laughs> I can get through it without panicking. I can get on a crowded train. I can do all that, but I'm not overjoyed. I'm not. I'm not like this is the best city in the world. I've never felt that. Other than the only thing I say, best city in the world is that you can make your fortune in New York. I know I've seen people go from nothing to having a lot that they couldn't have done in Charlotte or Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, like in comedy and businesses like that. I'm sure you can move there. There's more opportunity there if you're willing to fight for it. Um, and so, 
that seems to be the best part of New York for me. There's more opportunity. But aesthetically, no. Mm. I don't. And being around 10 million people, 8, 10, 12, whatever the fuck, I mean, it drives me crazy, you know? Yeah. I get on subway with them, but I don't get anything from that. They're, I don't know what this energy of the city they're talking about. <laughs> is I don't it know what just, they're talking about. Is it ever just quiet? Like, yeah, you can find quiet blocks in New York at 2 a.m. on my street. It's pretty quiet. 2 a.m.? You got to wait till 2? Yeah, you got to wait till 2. You're not going to get <laughs> yeah, there's a There's a 90 minute window. <laughs> yeah. What? But, I've been asleep five hours. Yeah. Two. <laughs> but our Astoria is like pretty mellow and it's not that loud. It's like an older neighborhood, but you know, still louder than a city street in Charlotte or a neighborhood in Charlotte for sure. Mm-hmm. But that part's, I'm like okay with it. It's like not that loud. We're sort of in a mellow neighborhood. But it is. It's just two story buildings and just sort of, you know, that were built 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. No central air conditioning. Stuff like that, you got to adapt to all that. And if you buildings. and if you have if you coming up there with a certain amount, like you got to have roommates, right? Like you, like yeah. the, uh, the average person is not just coming there and being like, "Oh, I'm going to have this big old apartment to myself." No, you could get a studio now for two grand, maybe in my neighborhood, and you're not getting anything. Maybe a small hotel room looking thing. And the toilets a, in the kitchen. Yeah, hundred year old building. Yeah, you might get that, <laughs> maybe for two grand. And they got a thing too in New York too, where they don't want to rent studios to couples. Uh, I don't know why, but they don't. They want couples to take a one-bedroom, so they want a single person to take the studios. And I don't know if that's for fear hmm. they break up or what's going on, but I've known couples that move there, and they try to get a studio because they can split it, an $1,800 studio, and it would be 900 each. Huh. And they're like, no, they want hmm. a single person, and you need to get a one-bedroom for a couple, which is now you know, 2500 or 2200 Huh? It's weird. That Defining is weird. Finding an apartment is a different... Sort of thing too, and barely okay. legal. It sounds like that is barely oh, legal. Yeah. I, I like. I feel like it's right on the line of being illegal to be like, oh, well, you hold on, you have someone that you love. Yes. No, no, you can't. Sorry, have can't do it. They discourage it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the motivation is either. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. It's fascinating. Well, I, the place I live now, the landlord's great. We're lucky. I will stay there as long as I can because I've been there six years. They've been very cool to us. It's his family, so it's very good to get like you do like their people. Almost like you deal with a friendly basis, like a personal level. If you get in one of these big apartment buildings run by a management company in New York, that's where, like, yeah, pipe burst, hot water's gone. You can't get a hold of anyone. Oof. My building, I just text the landlord, like, hey, man, something. So you got a pretty out. decent setup there. Yeah, so I'm, I, yeah, I'm lucky. We got a good setup right now. So I'm going to stay there as long as I can. That's why I don't want to. Now, now I, Clint was staying with you before. Is he still? He lives there. He yeah. still, yeah, he still lives there. I just saw so you guys Clint. are roommates. Too. Yeah, we're roommates. <laughs> I just saw Clint at the. Uh, the Queen City the, comedy, the comedy experience. Experience, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I saw Clint. Uh, he, he was on the podcast. He did the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He did the podcast. Yeah. He sat on yeah. with us for a few. He's a good man. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. yeah, man. So, yeah, how long have y'all been living together now? Uh, four years, maybe. You're almost common law. Almost. <laughs> He's lasted the longest of all my roommates because I'm the only original tenant on the lease, and there's uh-huh. been nine other people in that apartment. Wow. Both rooms, you know, three bedroom, two other rooms have just rotated. And he's been there the longest, probably. Have you had those terrible roommate experiences up there? I've had a couple. We had, yeah, a couple times where we lived uh, with some couples that was, you know, when they fight, that whole predictable uh. thing, that's bad. Every time, people like, don't live with a couple. Yeah, they fight. It's loud. They break up because New York's hard and expensive and all these things. And they add stress to their relationship. And then the biggest thing is that we have a three-bedroom, one-bath. And it's not yeah. even about fighting for time in the bathroom. It's about hygiene, who is... Come in. We had a roommate move Oof. in and just wreck it and break a toilet seat. 
<laughs> just filth. I mean, Listen, just I've apologized for that <laughs> several <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you would be very conscientious. I don't feel like yeah, would, uh, you don't strike me. Yeah, I'm super. When you're my size, you have to be conscious of the space you're taking up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm super conscious of like that kind of thing. So yeah, it's. I feel like yeah, you're hyper vigilant. Uh, Hypervigilance is a strong word, but <laughs> but I'm, I'm yeah. Let's ask, let's ask Tara uh, if what's happening. Ask his wife if he's hypervigilant. She will tell you a different story. Yeah, I mean, I do a joke about one of my old roommates too, and uh, how he destroyed the bathroom, and I mean, it was an absolute nightmare. You know, I mean, we're guys. He was a guy. I mean, I I can live with guys. guys By destroyed aren't the, the bathroom. What do you mean? I mean, how graphic! I've already cursed on this thing like, anyway, right? He shit like on the toilet seat. Man. Okay, because no, I was no, like destroyed it, like he broke the handle. He broke. He so broke yeah. the toilet so seat too. Destroyed in both senses of the word, F- literally and figuratively yeah. destroyed. Was okay. he a big guy? Yeah, big guy. Yeah, but, uh, I've, I've, t- I am almost an ace as far as breaking toilet seats go. What do really, you need? five to. to Become an ace? Is that the okay? Really? Yeah. You like the Shaquille O'Neal because he used to break rims like that. You like the Shaquille? You're the yeah. Shaquille O'Neal of toilet yeah, seats, bro. I've, I've, same I've, thing. Yeah, lifetime. I'm. I think I'm at five. five. See, <laughs> you know what? He's in the broken toilet seat because the toilet seat's not. Here's the thing. It got there was a lot of tension in the apartment. It was a rough summer two or three years ago, and so I went on the road, came back, and the toilet seat was cracked. Oh. Now I know I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I was in the Midwest, and I know Clint. Weighs 120 pounds. Yeah, was, he couldn't crack. He couldn't crack it if you tried. No, he not even with a, a hammer. Not with a full not swing with a hammer. Not with a sledgehammer. <laughs> he couldn't crack that toilet No muscle on that kid, but I love him. <laughs> and then, so the other roommate, I when I came home to like, I, I mean, come in with luggage, tired, go to piss, and like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's just a cracked toilet seat, and it's all together, but it's cracked. So I'm like, the next time we sit on it, it's gonna be a problem. And then the roommates were like, sorry, they didn't say why. So I figured I don't want to embarrass anybody. They're, you know. They're heavy, so I'm like, all right. They're like, we'll we'll uh, replace it, and they didn't. They taped it, but yeah, I'm like, that is not the same. No, and then you sit on, you can still <laughs> feel it hit your leg. What yeah. kind of definition of replace is that? Yeah, put some tape. Yeah, on. it's not. Yeah, no, that's not even. No, you can't. Well, see, everybody hit hard times financially. I guess it was about the time everybody realized it's hard living in New York. You run out of money, and now you got to buy toilet seats. You're cracking them left and right, and so. <laughs> Yeah, you should have thought about that for you flopped your ass yeah, that's down. That's right. You got to take it easy. Yeah. You don't have any disposable income, right? Yeah. You can't be just you sit down, down light. You got to tread lightly. Yeah. yeah, maybe hover. Money ain't right. Maybe you hover. And yeah. here was the thing too. <laughs> not that size, Brian. You're not hover. You can He's hover. Fall on the yeah. seat. You can hover. And then we played this game. So it was cracked. It was gross. You know, they taped it up. They put new tape on it. Then one morning I got up and the chunk. It cracked in another spot. The chunk. There was a chunk of the toilet seat. In the floating in the water. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. I've never even heard of that. No, I haven't either. I've never seen it my entire life. You know what I mean? At anywhere. I haven't seen it anywhere. Comedy clubs. I've stayed in comedy condos. I haven't seen it at the Port Authority in New York. Now, how do you get up off that seat and not know that you left a chunk of the seat floating Floating in the water? Like you should be able to go through your entire life without knowing what the inside of a toilet seat looks like. Yes, right. you really should be able to do what it's made of. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's just particle board. What the hell were they doing? <laughs> I don't know. They cracked it one spot. Then, you know, because it was taped, they cracked it in another spot. Now it's like a puzzle piece. When the tape gave in the next whatever episode they had in the bathroom, it just fell in, and I don't know why they left it. And I got up, and then I went to my buddy. I'm like, what, what's this? It's just like pieces of the toilet seat's floating in the water. And he's like, well, he does this shit. He's like, you can replace it. I'm like, me? Who? I'm like, Who? I was in Chicago when this thing went down. Right. I'm not buying a toilet seat. And he's like, well... He acting like they didn't do it. So I'm like, all right. Finally, I was fuming. Then I'm like, you know what? And I'm like, no. They need to go to the bathroom. If this is a waiting game, I can wait them out. I can hold this for a day. 
They're not going to be able to hold it for three hours. Sure enough, four hours later, on his hands and knees, putting a new toilet seat on. Because I'm like, I won't shit for two days. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold this. I'll be constipated the rest of the week. <laughs> but he's eating hogging dogs every day. I'm like, it's coming. I'll just fast well, a little bit this afternoon. Poop's diet. Yeah, my diet. You got more self control. It has like, those right? hidden advantages. Yeah. You wouldn't even think that you might be in a situation <laughs> where trying to, you know. That's it. Because I would have gone a week like that. I would have gone to the laundromat to shit. Yeah. I would have done whatever to prove my point. Not to buy a toilet seat. Just the principle. And they put it on, and it's still on. And they moved out and stuff. So it was, it was bad, though. It's just that's the worst, living like, you know, as adult like that. It's terrible. Ah. So that didn't last much longer. I mean, no, it didn't last. Hey, yeah, it hurt our friendship and all that stuff. And then since then, the roommates have been pretty cool. I mean, there's some that are messier than others. I'm not even for my OCD. I hoard things. And I leave things laying around and stuff. I'm not dirty, dirty, but... I leave stuff around, messes and like. I think the people really want to know what Clint is like. Yeah, Clint's actually a great roommate. He's uh, high strung. He's got a lot of anxiety, like me. And so, <laughs> is he dirty? Actually, huh? Is he dirty? No, I mean he has his moments. Yeah. To be honest, I thought he was dirty. I thought I thought he was. Yeah, you look Clint at him. Very unclean. Things, yeah. He no, has his moments, no, but he's actually pretty good. <laughs> where he's like, well, like dirty something like me, he'll forget and then like leave some dishes and then go over the top and make up for it like the next week. And do a bunch of dishes and do everyone's dishes. So it'll it'll oh, get loose and sweet. then it, you know, he'll tighten it up. <laughs> we've learned we've learned how to coexist for sure, like Clint and I. Because yeah, because yeah. y'all have been living together how long? Uh four years. And that's also the thing too, is I can text him like, hey man. Or I'm like, dude, I can talk we can talk to like friends, like, dude, the sink's a wreck, man. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, what is that on the oven? And he's like, Oh, sorry, man. Yeah. And it, people don't get their feelings hurt. Sometimes you live with roommates you're not really friends with and you don't know yeah. how to approach them. They, Everybody they can't gets taken upset. Yeah, you can't they, talk to them. Oh yeah, got to leave notes around. Or I can't live like that. So it's, <laughs> now we got a pretty notes. good situation. Also, too, it's Clint and I, and then the third roommate is not a comic, which is pr- that's the best way to do it. Is it? Yes, three comics too much, too much. Two is almost too much because someone's bombing always. <laughs> <laughs> someone's just had the night of their life, and someone had the worst night of their life every other night. You know what I mean? Someone's almost ready to quit the business, cry, <laughs> kill themselves. And then someone else is like, this is the most exciting thing I've ever been a part of. I'm this close. <laughs> Look what I got. Yeah, it's awful. You coming in fresh off the road. Man, uh, Iowa. You should have seen Iowa. It's yeah, like, you I, can't do it. I'm you ready know? to quit. The roommate's <laughs> yeah, like, Dude, when I used to live with uh, three comics, we'd be in there. I don't know if Clint, Clint wasn't even living there then. It was Carlos I lived with us for a while. Oh, Valencia. And my buddy Taylor. And so we were all living like three comics, and then we all would submit for the same festivals. And sometimes one would get in, one <laughs> oh, wouldn't. Oh, oh. And then one time we all three got in Laughing Skull, right? Uh-huh. This is like 2015. All three of us woke up. I got an email in my bed. And I'm like, congratulations, you're in. I'm like, oh, before I leave this bedroom, oh, someone's going to be crying in the hall or something. <laughs> and then Taylor came out. He got in. Then we waited for Carlos to get up. He got in. Good day. But then Laughing Skull that year, they did this crazy thing where not, whether you got in or you didn't, they gave you scores on your videotape, Ugh. one to ten. So, you know, 7.4, 8.9. So my buddy Taylor was like, what'd you get? Oh, no. What'd you get? And luckily, I got a 9.4 on my tape. And he got like a 7.8. And he's like, what? 
I don't know. Get this. No, he's mad. Now it's a fight over the scores. I'm like, you're in. It doesn't matter. He's like, I don't get this. I hate when people ask about scores. And my buddy would do this. He would get so jealous. These are friends of mine. My buddy would be like, I don't get it. He goes, I understand that when you go on the road, you can have a better set than me because you've done the road forever. Because these 10 minute spots in New York, sometimes I do better than you. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't send a tape of you on the show. (laughs) Like, I didn't send a tape. Of this show where you did better than me. You know what I mean? I sent right. a tape of when I had a really good set. So, yeah. And so it was like, yeah, 7.4. I don't know why they did it that year. Where it was like, people, because people found out, like comics communicated that year. I mean, they didn't live together all across the country. Like some people would get in with a 7.4. And other people didn't get one with a 7.4 or something like that. There was some kind of weird, everybody was, I'm like, oh, you should leave the scores out. Comics are too yeah. fragile for that shit. Yeah, a lot of folks came into comedy to not be judged. You know, like in that way, audiences yeah. judge you all your time, but yeah. but like you know, did not be like, oh, this is your grade. Your grade, yeah. I mean, you already got in. That's all that matters. Yes or no? Yeah. You're I, in or you're that out. Should be it. That's it. Because yeah, anything else? I mean, I was happy with mine. I got a nine point something, so that's pretty. <laughs> I never. <laughs> are you the type exciting. to ask about like what should? Did you do you do that too, or you would just answer them if they said it? I would answer. Okay. No, I wasn't going to bring that up at all. I was not happy with mine, but then yeah, everybody was texting that like so and so got in. Well, he had an eight point one. I don't get it. Then someone got in with a six point nine, but someone didn't get in with a seven point one. This was like an <laughs> every a huge, and, and, and like we already said, everybody's in, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It just caused more drama than it's worth. You can't do that with comics. Yeah, but that, they'll just lose their minds. So. I think, but you know what? I don't even think it's just comics, man. I mean, I know that like in law school, people would ask like, "What'd you get on the exam?" Well, in law yeah. school. You have one exam that determines your grade for the entire semester. So there's no, like, midterms or quarterly anything. It's one test. And everybody's like, what'd you get? What do you get? And it's like I, I always hated that because it's like either I'm going to say whatever and I'm going to feel great because of what you tell me or I'm going to feel terrible because of what you tell me. Yeah. Like, oh, you got what? And I got this? Or, all right, you got that and I got this and then I got too much of a sense of confidence. You know, but it yeah. doesn't matter what everybody else got either, right? It, it, it ultimately yeah. doesn't matter. It just it just takes you through these emotional swings yeah. that aren't necessary. True. That's the worst. But I see it sometimes. Sometimes I think I'm not jealous enough. Sometimes I think I'd be further ahead in comedy if I was more jealous. I see guys that get super jealous of other comics' accomplishments, and then they go out and get it for themselves. Mm. And I'm like, maybe I need that far. Maybe that, I, mean, I think it comes from a bad place, but... <laughs> It gets it done somehow. They get there because they're. It makes them crazy if they can't get what the other guy's got. Well, yeah. And I don't necessarily feel. I'm like so and so got that great. Yeah, I'd like to do this someday, but I don't think he took something from me. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't feel that, but other comics do, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I don't know. That's whatever what? motivates you, though. I mean, right? You know, it, it, like what motivates you to keep doing it? To me, I mean, I just want to like. I still. I, I don't know. I still really enjoy being on stage more and more, even more now than I used to. Because mm-hmm. now I feel like uh, I'm more relaxed than I was, or I enjoy the moment more. And I uh, and like writing new stuff. I don't know. It's um, and I would like a ton of money to come with it someday. But um, yeah, that's not the motivating factor. And mm-hmm. TV credits aren't it. But I feel like TV credits are a thing that you're supposed to have. Uh, but I haven't been motivated enough to get them, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess I should. How many years have you been performing? This is crazy. Uh, in February of 2020, 22 years. 22 years. So now I'll be equal parts, yeah. 
22 years of not doing comedy, 22 years of doing comedy, half my life. Yeah, you don't, stick, you, you don't mm. stick around that long and not enjoy it. I love it. I love it. I love being alone, like on stage, and it's all up to me, good or bad. I love that. And I love, you know, the writing can be excruciating. Sometimes I hate the writing, but when I get something out of it, I love it. You know, new joke working, still the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. Get in front of a crowd, killing, it's the best. It's the best. When you're like locked in and connected, it's still the best feeling. So that, that's why I do it. And then, sure, I'd love to have a fan base and all this stuff and build some huge following. I want that, but I haven't figured out how yet. Um, but I still, yeah, I'm still in it. I'm still in it. I'm not ready to. Because, I mean, it's like half my life. It's sort of the only thing that makes sense. But hmm. I don't think I've been as driven to get famous or I think my career could be further along if I had been driven like other people. Like, hmm. get the things. Get the shiny thing. Get the credit. Get that. Get that. Collect hmm. the trophies. And it does advance your career. I've always thought of, like, I always thought naively, this is where I was made foolish. I'm like, write new jokes, do the road, find a way to move to New York, get in as many festivals as you can, get in front of a bunch of comics, get in front of everyone you can, submit for TV stuff when you can, and did all that, that that would maybe be enough, and eventually it would sort of, which it is not enough, unless you get really lucky. It's build your own following, or get one of those TV things, get the next one. Enough, I was going to say, yeah, do you submit to shows like The Daily Show and stuff like that in, in New York? Uh, I haven't submitted a thing like that. I've submitted like stand-up to like a couple of those Comedy Central half hours and a Netflix 15, didn't get those. And then um, I haven't submitted for any late-night sets, which I should. I don't know why it doesn't, I haven't been motivated to do it, but I should. And then I wrote a short film script that I submitted to someone uh, this year for as a sample of cool. like writing. Uh -huh. And... Um, so I might do more of that. I actually wanted to sort of try to do some of that stuff on the side. Not to get away from stand-up or anything, but I do want to sort of maybe start writing like some scripts on the side and see, submitting stuff like that. To see, because I wrote one, and it's, it was hard. And I think, like, I don't wake up, I don't just take to anything right away. It used, I, I mean, I'm miserable doing anything. Stand-up in the beginning wasn't fun for me. And anything in my life. And then if I just push through it, I can find the things that I'm good at, and it need, it's going to take four or five scripts before I'm like, oh, I like this, or right. I despise this. <laughs> but I'm going to have to get through a few of them. I know to that. Because I'm never, the first time at anything, I'm never great at. Mm -hmm. And I never really like it. I'm usually just overthinking it until I finally go, okay, okay, this is what this is. Do you want to continue or not? So I would like to try to write a few and see. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, because I know we got to wrap up here soon, but like, what do you... <clears throat> Do you have, like, because I know you said you love performing, you love the traveling aspect of it. There's a lot of it that you love. Is there a next thing for you or a next goal for you? Or or is it, this is just, I like doing it the way I'm doing it. Um, I, I, This is not sustainable. Doing it at this level, like, you couldn't do this. I just don't think it's, like, retirement money. It's just not enough. It's not enough. And, you know, at some point, when you're 60 years old, you can't get on a plane like you used to. You can't drive a car 10 hours. You know, at some point, you can't physically do it. And it's not like retirement money. So at some point, something's going to have to change. And that's what I'm in the process of trying to figure out, which way I'm going to do it. That's which way I'm going to go. Whether it's, you know, try to get a writing job or try to I still want to try to build that following. But I don't know the A to B yet. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Which is terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. Well, I feel like, though, the good thing is, the cool thing is, is that with the way you are about your health and everything else, you're almost buying yourself more time because, know, you know, like your, your shelf life or, or how long you're able to do these things is extended yeah. by what you're doing personally now. 
I hope so. I feel better, and it's like it, that's good and bad too. So I, I want to uh, stay around, and I feel like at this age too, with this twenty years in now, all this experience, I feel like I'm enjoying it more. Like it could be really good. You just um, just want to make sure to do the right things. That you also see that, that uh, time is ticking, not just on career but on life. Sometimes I feel that maybe it's a midlife crisis where you're just like, I don't have. Do I have forty-four more years on this planet? Probably not. Right, you're on the way in, on the way out. You're halfway done, you know. That's or about yeah. You guys are both right at that age where, like, for me, it was like, oh shit. You feel it, you, sense of mortality. Yeah, I thought it, it, it was interesting for me because I was like, uh, I was. I'm trying to think. So it was 1980. So I was like, I was 14 when John Lennon got shot, and I thought like, ah, oh, you know, he was old enough. He did some stuff. You know, he's in the Beatles. He had a good run, and then I was like 43. Or so, and I looked back, and thought John Lennon was forty when he was killed. Wow, yeah. And I was like, he had his entire life in front of him. Yeah, you know. And it was that point where where I went like, this. Okay, so this is, you know, let's get real now. Right. Like this is, I got to start making something happen. Yeah, motivated because yeah, not to put any pressure on you, but but that's when you start to feel it because you're like, you realize that you've got more time than you think. Right, but you also kind of have less time than you think. You know what I mean? Yeah. You realize, oh, I'm 40. I still got a good 30 years ahead of me. But mm-hmm. you know, you've got less ahead of you than you had behind you. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and how much physical energy and you know mental before you know the hip goes or the knees yeah. go and all this other things that's going to happen. You know, to all of us at some point. But it's so it is like I feel like that's probably the kick in the ass I need that I like the pressure. Now it's terrifying, mm-hmm. but you know, through your 20s and 30s, you sort of just fuck around and like yeah. I did in your 20s I did for my whole 20s and then I still wrote new jokes I still got to go a bunch of new places and accomplish stuff in my 30s it got better got sober and got better but still not focused enough and now it's just like well you, now you've waited until life's gonna force you to do something yeah, yeah. one way or another now <laughs> yeah. it's no choosing yeah. it's your back's yeah. against the wall which right. I hate but it's time it's time yeah. to make a move one way or another and so it, it's time because it's like you know when I wait till I'm 73 yeah, yeah. When we seventy three years old, like I wrote a script. I mean, I guess that could be you know or something. So I got to do something between now and then. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I got to be a little scared. I always I'm that way. I've got to be like forced to do it somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a lazy person deep down, or I just wait until someone's got a gun to my head, and then I'm like, all right, got to go. I'm now there's a that, deadline. I'm kind of that way sometimes too. Like yeah, like when it's like okay, now I got to do this. Like I okay. I wish I'd been one of these comics that I don't know how to do it. I don't think it was in my nature. And maybe we talked about this before on an earlier podcasts. Is like, be 25 years old, just writing jokes, submitting things. There are comics like that, mm-hmm. that have writing jobs and that will have credits and will be millionaires by the time they're 30 years old. I'm like, that was not in my nature. I wanted to drink. I wanted to do cocaine. I wanted to sleep with women. And I wanted to do comedy, too. And I wanted to write new jokes. But I wanted to do all those things, too. And I just wanted to do it all. And so I don't know how you could go. I'd do a show at 25 years old and go back to a hotel room and just work on jokes and go to sleep and get up the next day, write jokes, tweet jokes, get on stage. That's not me at 25 years old. Mm-hmm. That's me after I wake up, almost kill myself, and then, like, <laughs> it's better. But even then, I'm just not like that. It just wasn't in my nature. So learn the hard way. Yeah, but in a weird way, I feel like your experience is richer I feel like it is too, and I feel like it's a better story, and I feel like it's a real life. Um, and if you know, draw upon that, and kind of makes know, the comedy it, richer. I think so too. You've got real life experiences to yeah. pull from, yep. and you just haven't been in this comedic incubator for right. 
that you're years. some kind of comedy prodigy. I do like that too. That's what I want—not just for myself, but that's what I like watching. Whether it's a musician or a comedian, any kind of artist or something, um, without being too pretentious, is someone that's been sort of knocked down, kicked yeah. around, or lived a life. Yeah, they're hurting, and it wasn't just it all worked out at 19, and now they're a legend, and they've been rich, and just everything's been a hit. It's just yeah, the, the best stuff is just yeah. Yeah, the only thing I like about that really is the money. The, rest the money, of the entire yeah. rest of it. I'm like, no, to never have lived. Like, yeah, you're right. Lived. And I do believe at the end, that's Please. what does matter. It's just, you know, yeah. the problem is it gets in my head. It's like, yeah, oh, if I'm on my deathbed today, then I like the things I've done. But if, like, I live to 78 and my hip goes out at 70 and I'm like, I don't have money to replace it, then I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> What have oh, I done? Oh, shit. Yeah. I should have sold that script. Trash. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I yeah. mean, the final breath, you can go, I went all over the world. That was great. I wrote some good jokes. That was fun. But when you're 70, you're like, my teeth are falling out. I have no money. <laughs> then that's the part that scares me. You're like, there's a little in between there where you need a pile of money to just get you through life, to buy food and things like that. That I'm like, oh, I don't want to be an elderly broke person because I was just hard-headed. Yeah, I guess that now there is an age. We talked about thinking about your mortality at a certain age. There's a certain age where I started thinking about, okay, what am I going to be broke? It's like, what is this going to look like? That's like the scary thing Financially, what is this thing going to look like? Because I don't think I care to be rich. I don't care to be rich. I don't want a helicopter. I don't want a Lamborghini. I could give a <laughs> shit. But I do want a pile of money that will allow me to get the things that I need and be able to turn down things that I hate yeah. at a certain age. That's all I want, whatever amount of money that is. I want that from my work, and then I can go out and be like, if I'm proud of the work that I've done, then that's fine. And whether I don't know what the amount, that's it. I don't need $20 million to, or any kind of huge mansion as sort of like the stamp that I, I did it. I arrived. It could be far less than that. Yeah, I mean, hell, but I mean, just you, that. You're a podcast hall of comedy's own podcast. I'm telling hall of you, fame. really, that's you. got a price. You can't tag. buy that. That's right. No, I tell you, you we go have. long on all these podcasts. I like it though. Oh, it's, I, like I, I love these conversations. Bro. I do too. Yeah. I was, I'm making sure that I don't end it on a bummer. You know what I mean? No. We get pretty was... dark where it's like, I don't want to end up in this, uh, you know, I feel like I close out and you're like, Jesus Christ, every time this guy comes on, he's <laughs> by the end of it, we're all depressed. <laughs> I laugh, I cried, I wanted to end That's, it all. That's it. And the whole range of but It's very real, yeah. So uh, where, I always say this, but uh, if people want to keep up with you, uh, where can they go online? I don't See feel comfortable sharing that. What if I was it? If I don't feel comfortable sharing my social media, that's what I'm going to do from now on. A podcast. I'm not giving you that information. And you'd be like, "We'll look it up." And I'm like, "Please do not share that with us." No. Uh, uh, all that. Oh, Instagram. Paul E. Hooper at Paul E. Hooper. My middle initial. You know. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it's Paul Hooper comedy. Facebook, Twitter. Twitter's Paul Hooper. And PaulHooperComedy.com is my website. So by the time people hear this, he will have already done his show. Yeah, you will have missed, unless you saw it, but yeah. So the show, as this podcast comes out, will have been last night at the Comedy Zone. Oh, Because this publishes okay. on Thursday All morning. Right. So yeah. So Damn it. We All right. Can't, we're not going to move any seats for Charlotte. But, but we'll move them for next year. Absolutely. Next year. That's right. It builds. That's right. And people can look forward to your next appearance. Yeah. That's right. Your sixth appearance. Sixth, sixth appearance of the Hall of Famer. I'm honored. Yeah, I mean, anytime because I know you. You know, you pass through town occasionally. Drop in sometime. Let us I'd know when you're going to gonna be in town, and well, you, you have an open invitation. You know what? By the time you come back, we're going to think of something that we give the Hall of Famers. I mean, the NFL has a gold jacket. Yeah. I mean, we we haven't given our Hall of Famers anything. We got to figure out something to. Well, who's in the Hall of Fame? Let's say what Paul obviously is in the Hall of Fame. Paul's in the Hall of Fame. Who else? Here? Um. That's it. 
That's a hell of a Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'll take it's it. A, it's a, a quick tour. Hall of Fame. It's, it's a very great. quick tour. Who like else is <laughs> <laughs> Who have you had? You've had oh, uh, there's other. There's um, Attell's been on twice. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, That's a great company. Yeah. That you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Big J. Okerson's been on twice. Great. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, who is. Oh, God. What's her name? Uh, I want to say Jesse May Peluso has been on twice. Oh, cool. I feel like I you're think. stretching it with that one. but Well, yeah, I'm not saying she's Hall of Fame. I'm just saying she's No, been I'm trying to times. say yeah. I don't know if she's been on twice. No, I think she has. I think you were. I think she has. Oh, I wasn't here? Yeah. Joe think, Zimmerman been on? I think you were gone. Zimmerman has not been on. No, Zimmerman from Zimmerman. Charlotte. How yeah. you not got. You know, he's never Zimmerman. been in town when we. Yeah, he's, he, he, you got to get him. Worked yeah. out. Plus, he d- doesn't. I think he's done the comedy zone once. Yeah, he, he's not there that much. And he's come with Regan. To do the theaters, right? yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, and that's we yeah, can't get we, the, we can't get anywhere near the theaters. But maybe we can snag <laughs> it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we can snag him when he's here, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to we got we to gotta do that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. I love him. But we we have other Hall of Famers. I just can't think of them. Jay Bliss, yeah, uh, certainly Jay Bliss. Ray uh, Ray's been on a hundred times, who? but Ray Money. Oh please. But that's he does. That's like uh, <laughs> with Brian. Stop. It's, it's like Carson having the guy from the Columbus Zoo on. That's that. That's not. Okay. You just you get him when there's no. Right. It's right. You get you get him when who's not in town. Are you kidding me? That's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Just, that's a Hall of Fill In. That's a little I different. I like it. Yeah. I'm honored. I'm telling you. Yeah, man. I'm here anytime. So next time you come, we'll have some kind of trinket for you. Yeah, we'll we'll do something. We'll do a T-shirt at least next time. All right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, thanks for coming through, man. And uh, best of luck, best of success on the road, man, and uh, happy for you. Thank you, guys, man. This was fun. Great having Always. Yeah, man. See you all next week. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili and whenever you can get fresh vegetables especially in the summer when they are in season this has been your 60 second wellness tip powered by ortho carolina official team physicians of the carolina panthers and proud sponsor of the queen city podcast network for more tips or to make an appointment visit orthocarolina.com